So we're going to talk about Advent. Yes. Advent is what we're going to talk about today. All right. So the first question that I'm going to ask, this is funny that you were talking about Advent because uh, I work at a Catholic school, a private Catholic school, Uh and they sent out an email and they were like, hey, here's an Advent calendar. Here's an Advent stuff or Advent this, Advent that. And I realized I went, you know. I don't even know what Advent is. <laughs> like, is this yes. common for people not to know what Advent is? And they just roll with it. They're like, oh, yeah, December. That's like Advent Yeah, season, that's right. that is. Because it's like when someone talks about, like, some the engine of your car, you just pretend to know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I've been living my entire life yeah. when it comes to Advent. Yes. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Advent calendars, whatever. Yes. Yeah, so uh, funny. One of those. So. That's great. I did want to. I did. I did Google it. And look up what Advent is. That's the best way. And um, it was not very helpful. Oh, Google not helpful. It usually isn't. The, de- the definition, I guess, is like it's the beginning of the liturgical calendar. That is, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was the beginning. I actually am the See, worst about the church Google. calendar. Well, that's how I started my sermon. Is like I kind of have an allergy <laughs> to church calendars. Not. Because the church calendar is bad, but because of like my experience as a kid in church, you didn't know that it was the beginning of the liturgical calendar. I did not because like, and here's yes. the thing too: I could be wrong. Maybe it's not the beginning of the liturgical I mean, calendar. Google says it I, is, I, or whatever. I, I thought that's what I read. Yeah, it had something to do with the beginning of it. So, what is what is Advent? I'm going to let you explain what Advent is. Oh, I think Advent just means waiting. So it's sort of like a time of expectation, a time where people look forward to. Almost in a way like rehearsing what it would have been like for the people in the first century who were waiting for the Messiah, you know, and uh, and then obviously that comes to fruition on December 25th, you know, the Christ Mass, you know, so the celebration of Christ's birth. Uh, I do know that that Mass means celebration, although most people probably don't associate Mass with anything celebratory. <laughs> but uh, um but anyway, so that's why you get Christmas, Christmas. So uh, you have, um, so really, and then of course, it's also a time too to think toward our waiting, uh, waiting for the second coming. So no way. So wait a minute. Mass, like what the Catholics call mass. Mass yes. is, means celebration. Yes, it does. And you work at a uh, Roman Catholic uh, private school, and you didn't know that, and I know that. So yeah, I, I that don't makes know me feel really stuff. good. I went to a Catholic school too. Gosh, that makes me yeah. feel even better. I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything. Now, I don't know if it's the school's fault that I don't know anything because I was really <laughs> bad. Like <clears throat> I didn't know anything. I didn't do anything like first or eighth grade. I'm pretty sure I failed most of those. Like I had like F's on all my <laughs> report cards. See, was... that, so that is amazing to me. And I actually, this is a little bit of my story too. Like, because you, like you are really an intellectual Christian. Like you really think things oh, thank really you. well. I've really put this facade you up. Really, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're just, I know you're being humble, but it's like, uh, but it's true. But actually a lot of it, and that's the same for me. Um, when I became a Christian, I had, I didn't read books. I didn't like learning. I didn't like any of that stuff. But like after becoming a Christian, like that actually pretty much, is what did it for me. I know. I think you very much had a similar story. Like, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't until probably you you became a Christian where you're like you really got a hunger to learn. That that is true. That is accurate. Yeah. I mean, it was after I became a Christian that that was when I got my addiction to books. Yeah. Uh, it's same. Really same. bad. You know, the funny thing about it is though, like I because like I didn't do bad in high school, and like my dad actually told me he was like. 
if you're not going to like do the work in school, I'm not going to pay a bunch of money for you to go to a private school. And I was like, sounds good to me, dad. And like, I don't really care. <laughs> that sounds and awesome. I got into public school and then it was like, why are you on the principal's honor roll? Like, how are you, why did you bring home? Like, what is going on? You have yeah. all A's the first semester of, <laughs> you know, public high school. And yeah. I was like, I don't know, I guess, you know, the standards are lower. Or something. I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I actually did decent That's through really high school, which is That's just funny. weird. You yeah, know, that is that interesting. I, flunked out of the private school. It was, you know, it was a bit of a mess. So, but again, you know, never learned really what Advent was. So it's yeah, a time same. of waiting for the come. Is it like the second coming? Like it's like, or it's like kind of both like well, the time of waiting for his birth. Yeah. It sort of is time of waiting. Of both. Yeah. I mean the church calendar, you know, and you can see actually why the church calendar is a really good thing because it, it's a way that like by using the calendar that you help, teach people the gospel really you know in some of the major areas of the christian faith i mean obviously it's you know now we wonder about something you just google it and you know it in 10 seconds right but even i even when i was in high school that was impossible right so you right. just uh, kind of wondered right until you maybe looked <laughs> it up later in the library or something but usually you didn't you just like forgot about it uh, but of course obviously throughout the last 2000 years of christian history right um well, and of course, the church calendar didn't uh, hasn't been around for two thousand years, but it is a great way to teach the gospel, you know, by using the, you know, the dates of the year, and particularly that, certain almost certainly points back to to what um, God instituted with the festivals and feasts and, um, you know, of you know Passover, Pentecost, you know, booths, you know, all those kind of different ways that um, the Jews were to celebrate the the work of God. Do you think it's uh it's kind of weird like the internet was supposed to be this or I don't know if it was supposed to be it was really just a communication platform but uh you know the idea that the internet is taking over like has really like outdone libraries let's say Yeah I mean certainly I mean there's always going to be a place just like with any technology um it doesn't usually like replace it um per se um oh, well my but like it like really the other the old way of doing it obviously shrinks a lot for sure yeah my 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 point was going to be though so we got this internet what you're you're just saying like oh it's like right at your fingertips like instead of having to go to a library oh yeah but also you get on there and you end up on you know tw- you know i guess x now you know whatever tiktok yeah, facebook yeah. or yes. you know just you know, some kind of weird rabbit hole of the internet and you don't actually get done what you went there to do. Oh you know, gosh, dude, that's so true. This <laughs> well, happens to me. And you, and sometimes you are like, I got on here for a reason. I can't even remember Yeah, because I'm now I'm scrolling TikTok. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I got to so get true. rid of that. There's so an option true. on the web browser to reopen your closed tabs when you re yeah, you know, to yeah. keep all your tabs open when you reopen the browser next. I reopen it and I've got like 50 tabs and I'm like, well, what was this? What was that? What was this? <laughs> oh yeah, this. Oh yeah. I was going to read that. Then I'm like, Sorry. yeah. I'm like, then like you said, I'm like, yes, what so was true. I going to do on here? <laughs> Oh, I got to pay bills. Oh my gosh. Like I got to keep the lights on. Jeez. That you know, hilarious. so true. So, so I, I did want to jump into also, I want to talk to you. You, you hated church growing up. You mentioned that in the sermon. Yeah. Was it because you were Methodist? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, great. Uh, that's I, We didn't go very much. So 
But when we did go, I, w- I usually had to like wear the robe and carry yeah. the 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 be the acolyte, the carry the you know or the lit wick, and I hated it. Oh my gosh, did I ever hate it? And then they had like the children's sermon when you were little, and you had to like go up in front of everybody when you were little and sit with the pastor while he gave like a little children's talk. Really I hated that. I've oh never my seen God, that. I hated that so much. Um, but that wasn't their fault. It was mine for sure. So. so- so, because you were Methodist and you were talking about, like, I guess you know how to wear like the robe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, uh, I I seen a, a Lutheran church when I was working as a custodian at a, at a public school. They they rented our cafeteria to, while their church was being renovated. Their building was having a renovation done, and they uh, they had like that same thing. And I was like, man, I thought Catholics were the only ones that did that. Oh, funny. because like I yeah. got a, as a new Christian, I got exposed to non denominational kind of, you know, Baptist kind of setup, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, other churches don't do that. And I seen Lutheran do it. And then you just mentioned Methodist. I was like, Methodist does it yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot crazy. of more of the mainline denominations, a lot of them still do that. Really? Uh, yeah, for sure. See, I'm just not in tune with this, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I don't really know the full history of it, but, you know, there is a, a sense of, like, they did put their pastors and priests in essentially like kind of a royal garb that's partially partially of what it would mean to wear a robe instead of just like your normal wear um it had a sense probably a sense of royalty priestliness royal priest or something but you know it obviously had a lot to do with the roman fashion you know so it's so it is very weird to me that we still very much have a a lot of churches protestant and catholic that are still largely wearing roman royal fashion uh for the pastor uh so anyway so you're not going to show up in a robe anytime soon are you like you know i don't know man wearing the royal i keep eating all these christmas cookies i might need to wear something like (laughs) that because i just can't uh the pants aren't fitting anymore time to just wear a robe no worries maybe that's why they wore robes i'll just yeah there you (laughs) go just like we can get as fat or skinny as we want we always fit in our clothes just the shapeless wonder up there (laughs) yeah i think uh nowadays you really i mean talking about the like the you know in quotations the royalty kind of thing now it's you know the expensive suit that people wear in business yeah yeah that would be our equivalent of the roman thing there you know yeah it wouldn't be so funny like yeah like two thousand years like later you know two thousand years from now like a pastor you know wears like 21st century like you know (laughs) presidential you know like presidential wear yeah exactly so that's kind of what uh, it is, though, for sure. Two thousand years from now, that's a long time, man. <laughs> no, we won't see it. Uh, you don't think yeah, so? Uh, Jesus is coming back before then. Well, we, we definitely. Won't oh, we'll see. be dead. Yeah, is yeah, what yeah. You're yeah we'll be dead. Oh, okay, yes, yes, all right, yes, gotcha. Sure. But it, we, it could happen two thousand years from now. Yeah, I was just like, well, what not. are you eating and drinking? That you think you're going to see that? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, an you exercise know, routine that uh, that keeps you thinking you're going to do that. Philosopher's Stone is that? Oh, or. Yeah, I think it's Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, it's supposed to give you immortality. I watched oh, a YouTube okay, video yeah, on yeah. it once. Uh-huh. It's kind of funny. Uh, so, okay, we'll get back on subject here. But uh, really uh, jumped into, you were talking about uh, hope, peace, faith, and love. Mm-hmm. Well, not all four of those. You really only talked about hope in this sermon, mm-hmm. right? So are, are we going to do four yeah. sermons in this series? Yeah. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that. So hope, I'm just going to like drop it right out there. Like, What is the hope? Yeah, so the hope ultimately is 
the new earth, our inheritance of, you know, inheriting the new earth, right? That's fully united to heaven. Uh, most people would call it heaven. I actually think that's not a really, that's really a pretty incomplete way to think of it. Um, our hope is a new creation, new earth. And so that's where we'll be for sure. Yeah. I've always, uh, found that interesting. Like when I first became a Christian, the, uh, it was my, my wife's cousin actually, that was, you know, that, uh, you know, guy that kind of led me to Christ mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, he was like describing to us this very concept. And I was like, my entire life I was told that, Oh, the great thing is you get to go to heaven. Yeah. And he was like, no, like yeah. that is, that is not even in the scriptures. And I'm like, really? Like oh, that, that's, that, I wouldn't say that, but well, he's saying you know like, that our hope maybe, is in yes, going ulti- to heaven. Yeah, the ultimate place. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that our hope is in going to yeah. heaven. That's not in the scripture. Oh, I see what like, you're saying. Okay. Our hope yeah. is in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. That He is making all things new. Mm-hmm. Not that we get to go to like some like sky kingdom that gives mm-hmm. you a mansion and everyone has yeah. whatever car they want. Like that's what I was kind of kind of taught though. Yeah. Not by my parents, but by culture. Culture. Yeah. Yeah. And. I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. that's not that's not what this is about. And he's like, <laughs> no, not at all. This yeah. isn't about a sky mansion. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's so interesting. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, if we obviously die in Christ before he comes back, we will be with God in his kingdom of the heavens, right? Which is going to be a temporary, which I'm sure will be amazing, but it will not. It'll be a temporary place until Jesus sets up the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. yeah. It's not about uh, the Sky Mansion, though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, so that so that's what our our hope is in, and that mm-hmm. he's going to that he's going to complete this work that he started. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to be like, hey, because I start projects all the time. <laughs> don't get completed. <laughs> yeah, see, that's such a good way. To that's think not. Of it. Yes. That's not how God's going to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to be like, yeah, I got started on this. It was really cool when I got started, but I'm kind of like, nah. That's yeah, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got other things I'm moving on to. <laughs> like, that's great. Oh man, I would start. I'm gonna start doing that for motivation. I'd be like, would 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 Jesus say, you know what, this project I started, I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> like, is that what Jesus that would do? Hilarious. That's a yeah, great motivator. So, so, great. <clears throat> so you talked about one thing that really like grabbed my attention. You said God is not going to keep us from disappointment often. Mm-hmm. And this was under that concept like that we pray for something uh, or we have an expectation for something. God's not just going to be like, oh, well, he prayed for it or, or she expects it. So, yeah, you're going to get it. You yeah. know, I, like he's not going, oh, gosh, I don't want them to be disappointed. Like yeah. that's not – yeah, that's not even a concept here. Mm-hmm. So – where does that where does that really like stem from? Like when when we talk about that, that's a great great question. I was really taken aback as a new Christian, probably my first two years as a Christian, uh, because I knew nothing. Didn't grow up in a home where we talked about God much at all. What had never read the Bible. So the first two years as a Christian, you know, obviously I, I learned a ton and just was soaking it all up. But I really realized that uh, even though I didn't know hardly anything about Jesus, didn't know anything about God, that there, I was very aware of all the ways I thought he should be. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't know him, there was I. There were so many assumptions that I even I made up on my own, or you know that of who I thought God should be. 
And life has a way of making those assumptions, expectations of the way you think God should be, of uh, making you confront those, and also just, uh, and also seeing how often you're standing on that foundation, right? So, so you might think, you know, one of the things a lot of people have to deal with is God's not going to really let things really bad happen to me. I mean, I know some things bad might happen to me, but some, nothing really bad, but then something really bad happens. And then they realize, oh my gosh, do I even believe this anymore? Am I, you know, do I want to be a Christian anymore? A lot of people have a story, of course, where suffering happens and they jettison their faith. Were they actually trusting in Jesus? No, they were trusting in God who were, who was going to give them the life that they wanted and protect them from a life they didn't want. And when that, when that God fails to exist, it often, you know, their faith is sort of shown for what it is, but my faith is shown for what it is at the same way too. Um, it's just that I was, it, you know, it clarified really what my hope should be and what my hope really was. So I think a lot of us just have, because we're sinners, because we have the knowledge of good and evil from Adam, we have all these assumptions about how, who God should be and what, how he should act toward us that are just, not going to be the case unfortunately (laughs) so so the uh kind of the well first off because you mentioned uh earlier that you hated church growing up Mm -hmm. and i would you would you consider yourself to have been raised in church no okay so that's that's always been a curious man i've just i've met a lot of people that are like oh i grew up going to church Mm -hmm. i'm like going to church on like easter and christmas doesn't count yeah that's not growing up going to church church, like oh i always saw things like people are such they're such uh hypocrites in the church because i went twice a year i seen it i'm like (laughs) no you didn't you didn't see nothing get out of here like your opinion doesn't matter yeah yeah uh but also the the reverse of that though uh People, there are people that don't believe in any God, or maybe they do believe in God, but they think that he's distant and doesn't care, and there's nothing going wrong in their life. Yeah, for sure. Everything, like, you couldn't write a better story mm-hmm. for some of these people. Yep. And that's another thing that kind of uh, punches some of these people in the gut that have this uh, belief that God is going to give them what they want that they're not going to suffer disappointment. They see somebody who's not a believer, who doesn't go to church, who doesn't, d- doesn't even like donate any of their money, you know, God forbid, and everything's going fine for mm-hmm. them, you know? And yep. I, I always said, Hey, maybe things are going better for them because they're not giving 10% of their income and they're just blowing it on whatever. <laughs> that's why you think everything's going good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the total aside there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, that's not what our, our hope is in though, is it? Like, yeah, that's right. I mean, so, because it, it, it is tough. I, everybody wants their life to go well. Everybody wants their life to be as easy, generally speaking. Even if they have, like, even if they have put themselves to a hard purpose, they would still like it to succeed and uh, all that stuff. So uh, it's it's a pretty human thing to associate God with, um, you know, comfort, ease, prosperity, success. You know, it's even just in the ways we say, yeah, if if things go well, we say God has really blessed me. But when things go bad, we don't say God is really uh, cursing me. <laughs> so uh, we usually just think it's our fault or somebody else's mm-hmm. fault, right? So um, that even kind of shows there how we even view yeah. something like that. So um, yeah, for but you know, hope is something 
uh, you know, it, it it's so easy to it, any, a hope is just a, a, your expectation of a future good, or so your or your what you want your future to be, right? That's kind of hope. And you know, when you're young, you have a big future ahead of you as a human being on this earth, right? So you hope in a lot of things that um, in the future, um, you know, you want to, you hope to get married, you hope to be wealthy, you hope to be famous. I don't know, whatever you can, it just, you can be, you know, and a lot of times those hopes get shattered by just life, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways. So, um, and we, so we find out that, you know, we want to anchor our hope in Jesus and what, uh, the inheritance to which we are, uh, headed and we will get, and he's given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment to show us that, of course, that um, the inheritance is guaranteed, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It just is, you know, it's a, you know, it's something that you you progress into, right? You get it at first, you know, when some when you become a Christian, it is like, wow, this is amazing stuff, and your hope is, you know, you're like, wow, I have a new hope, which is really cool. Uh, but then, of course, uh, that's the part of process. God moves you from hope to hope, you know. Right. Uh, and that's that Romans chapter certainly shows that. You know, it made me think about when you mentioned, you know, when we're younger, we have the hope of, like, getting married and being wealthy and all that. And it made me think about, uh, well, you know, like so many of us know. And you and I have actually talked to it before off of the microphone, like, when we were younger, we had like all these opportunities to invest and save. And we're like, we look back, we're like, ah, oh, like I yes. could be a millionaire right now. Gosh, buy Bitcoin. Then, yeah. Go back and buy so, Bitcoin 2010. So I, it made me think about that though. Just the, I want to, I want to call it the ignorance of the youth, the mind of the youth, you know, like it, it's not really ignorance though. I, well, I guess it is because we just don't know. Mm-hmm. But there were so many people that were like, told me, start investing, start doing this, start doing that. And I was like, you're an idiot, mm-hmm. you know? And that when we have those, as we're, when we're young and we have those expectations, I don't know why we reject that wisdom so much. You know, it's just like yeah. part of our fallen state, I guess. You know, we're, we, yeah. we do, we have, we're like, oh, when I get older, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to have, I'm going to be married and have kids and we're not going to have financial problems. It's going to be right. great. Yeah. But then yeah. like the vast majority do nothing yes. in their youth to make sure that that actually happens. Right. Except for maybe like they're like, they put all their eggs into this basket of, I'm going to get a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You're going to go to college. You're going to be $60,000 in debt and you're going to make $18 yeah. an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's where a lot of people get really angry. I mean, it is certainly true. Because they, in their youth, their expectations were so high. And then, you know, that's when people, of course, say the real world, like, and it kind of hits. Yeah. That's where a lot of people, um, that's probably the source of a lot of anxiety, depression, anger, rage that we have in our culture, for sure, simply because we have such high expectations of of the things, good things that should come to us quickly. I used to go to a, a Waffle House really early in the morning before school. Like, I would. I was, I was, I was a, I got good grades, but I was a bad student. I would do my homework in the morning while I drank coffee at a Waffle House wow, in high school. Dude, a, a, you, you were like a 75 uh, year old, 15 year old. That's, I, yeah. I would hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but there was always the old guys in there that yeah. I would talk to on occasion, like before school. A lot of times I would like skip first period because they didn't take attendance until second. So like, no, oh. no yeah. So like they wouldn't call your parents until after second period. So if you got there at second period, you were savvy. good. Uh, so 
you might still get a Saturday school if your first period teacher checked, but you know, it's like whatever. Uh, but those old guys, man, would always try to give me life advice, and I'd always be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's okay, that's good advice." I never did any of it, man. <laughs> sure, yeah. Not yeah. like I I changed the oil in my truck on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, you know? like, yeah. I got the tires rotated. I was like, "Yeah, I'm taking wisdom." <laughs> like you know, yeah. look back, I'm like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, so true. <laughs> so, uh, what this reminds me of, though, like talking about this idea that God isn't going to keep us from disappointment. Mm -hmm. It it immediately made me think about when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, Mm. where he's like, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. And is, is that not the first off that is we're, we're acknowledging the hope that we have your kingdom come. We're, we're talking about the new heaven, new earth, Right. And then your will be done being, this is what, it's going to be what God wants. It's going to be what God, God's plan is for us, what, mm-hmm. what he's laid out, not what we've just, not what we've decided, not what we want. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a really important part of that prayer there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. I mean, I, I've used the Lord's prayer almost every day to inform the way I pray. And it is so interesting how often I get frustrated that I, that I start that way, uh, because, or that even Jesus has to start with that way, because I want to talk about myself first, right? But it's his name, his kingdom, his will. And that actually really orients me a lot when I'm praying. It's like, okay, it's first about his name, his kingdom, his will. And, uh, and that, uh, and usually if I just launch in, not that it's wrong for me to launch in just about myself or something like that, it's prayer is fine. You should come to God anyway. But this, but since Jesus teaches us that to uh, say, you know, and I'll actually even just say that in my mind some, you know, for the first like, you know, couple minutes of prayer, I'll just be your name, your kingdom, your will. Because um, it's just off me, off me, off me. And then, you know, uh, and then back to, back to him. So, so true. So I've actually been thinking about, I pray with my wife and daughter every night before bed. And one of, that's one of the things that I've been trying to restructure now, right now, like it's, it might, it's not accurate. It's not accurate at all. But like, sometimes when I get done praying, I feel like, I feel like I can see the disappointment in my wife's face. I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know I suck at praying. I'm working on it, but it's not even what's going on. You know, that's my own. I'm sure she would disagree. Uh, she might, I don't know. Uh, so, but like our daughter's only one. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm good for now, but I'm like, I really do want to, I need to find out what, how, how that looks restructuring the way that I do prayer at night. Mm-hmm. So especially when our daughter's older and we, you know, when all of our kids are older, they really see that demonstration of how prayer is done properly. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I've been trying to, uh, I guess, fumble through, like, how do I restructure this? How do I set this back up and not lose the essence of what I'm doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of it, a lot of it is like, you know, I, I'm, I'm asking God to watch over our children make sure that they're, they're safe and healthy. And cause I can't do that, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in the early years. I mean, like, you know, it can be, I mean, unfortunately, you know, SIDS is a real thing, you know? Yeah, sure. And so the only thing that really, got me to actually go to sleep and not watch them the whole night was to be like, 
It's in your hands, yeah, Lord. God's I, like literally nothing I can do. Even if I stay up all night, there's nothing I can do mm-hmm. to stop your will. Yeah. So unless your will is that my child is safe and healthy tonight, it's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. And so that is that is kind of the mentality I've had to go with. Otherwise, otherwise I would have went crazy. I would have went, I would have just never slept. Honestly. Sure, yeah. You, you know, just be racked with anxiety. Uh, yeah, that's literally my, that's mm-hmm. my whole life. <laughs> so yeah, I've been trying to work on that, like restructure that, and make mm-hmm. that be what I feel like Jesus is teaching us. Mm-hmm. So uh, be praying for me on that. Yeah, yeah, know. for sure. Maybe we can sit down. And go well, to I think that it's just cool that you do it anyway. I mean, right? The, yeah, and it's... obviously it's going to change as your kids get older. When they're one, they're you're like it's like holding water, you know. So they're like usually unless they're sleeping, it's kind of like you, they'll start squirming, and you know, so it can't be. <laughs> the fact that you just do it is is great. Like so, holding water, that yeah. is an excellent yeah. analogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, the only uh, the only other thing here that really uh, I was going to bring up here was this. You went over first off. You said endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Mm-hmm. And you want to just break that down again, real quick, for the podcast. You went yeah. over uh, how you understood that endurance produces character, and then you were kind of like. And then character produces hope. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. is really. I, I did ask the question, and I didn't really understand this for a long time. How does character produce more hope? Right, like, and because you tend to think of character as qualities that you have, right, and and that is that is true. Like someone who's like growing in character, they're growing in kindness, they're growing in love, they're growing in patience, you know. And so I've always sort of thought it as um, I'll have more of these qualities and therefore I'll really appreciate the hope that we're called to more. And that probably in a sense is true. Uh, but I also have found myself be kind of frustrated when I don't sense those qualities, especially when sufferings don't seem to be producing those qualities in me. Like, like, wow, I've suffered a lot in my life, but man, I don't really feel like I'm any more patient, you know, or whatever. And so I would look at all the different qualities and think, oh man, I don't have these. I'm not, you know, get frustrated. So, but actually I think character produces hope in the, in the sense of you actually, what God is actually doing is not conforming you to a what, which is the qualities, like the patience, the kindness, the stuff like that. He's actually conforming you to a who, and he's actually conforming you to be more like Christ. And there's a conformity to Christ. And and one of the things about that is you come to really uh, appreciate, I think, more so your relationship with your father, just like you can see that was central for Christ, for Jesus, that, you know, his relationship with his father was everything. And I think one of the things I've noticed as, uh, you know, I've gone through sufferings and why I even rejoice in the sufferings I've gone through um, and the endurance that I've gotten from it is because I think I have come through it more in love with Jesus, more and and wanting to be abiding with Jesus more and, and conforming just, you know, so that relationship becomes more precious to me than, um, and as that relationship becomes more precious to me, you know, receiving his love and his words and his presence and his 
name and his, you know, his work and seeing eyes to see his work, all that kind of stuff. As I, as that becomes more precious to me, I find more patience, more kindness, more love, you know, that kind of thing that is more the outflow of it. And and then of course, as that relationship is more precious to me, um, then of course the hope really, but ultimately too, I mean, I really emphasize this a lot is the reason why our hope isn't disappointed us is because we have real experiential, um, you know, or we have real experiences of God's love, you know, that, and that is actually something I think from Romans five, when it says hope does not disappoint us because God's love has poured his, um, poured his love out into our hearts by the Holy spirit. That's why I think it is absolutely so important that everybody be asking and looking to receive God's love and experiencing God's love um, in a real, real way, um, very regularly. Uh, you will, you will not be able to fight the disappointment of your life often if you just have words on the page. Not not that the words on the page aren't powerful. But God also wants to bring the word of God to life for you and his love made real to you through the Holy Spirit. And that and that's only experience. It's not described. It's not something you can just say with your head, um, oh, God loves me. So you no, know, you actually should be experiencing God's love in real ways. Uh just like and and it's it's sort of like when you're hungry. It's what it's like to eat when you're hungry, what it's like to drink when you're thirsty. Uh, that's the kind of thing uh, God's love poured out in the Holy Spirit is for us. Um, and it's I have found that only the experiences of God's love through the Holy Spirit combined with sufferings, combined with perseverance, combined with the written word is the thing that then makes me just uh, really grow and and really look to the hope more. So one of the things that, and and I've emphasized this a lot at our church in the last six months. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, God just didn't give us a Bible. God gave us the Holy spirit. And so it is really, really important that we understand why he also gave us the Holy spirit uh, and not just for future things. He gave us the Holy Spirit for uh, present realities. And one of those present realities that you are going to go through as a Christian is disappointed hope. Some things, you know, there's going to be lots of things, little and big, that are going to attack your hope for sure. And um, and it's always, it's usually very surprising. We don't, think, you know, you would like to think you can see all things coming, right? Um, and, but, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, if this happened to me, I'd be able to handle that, whatever it is. But then what's often happens is something else happens, which you never saw coming. And you're like, oh, I can't handle this, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? right? So, uh, and it often is very surprising. And so that's why even Peter will say, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that has come upon you, right? And, but we are, I mean, I think he says this because a lot of the fiery trials that have come upon me have been surprises. And, uh, and, and I think that's a great word. Um, but so it, and I think that protects in a couple of things too, like 
we know that knowledge puffs up, right? You know, I'm equally frustrated by um, pride as I am ignorance, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, obviously when someone speaks from ignorance about something, it's frustrating because you're just like, man, how do I even argue with this? Because you're so so wrong um, that it's like just hard to even like know where to start. But it's also, um, there's also a reality with people, which I think I've been in this camp way more often is I really know a lot and that's actually made me kind of prideful. It's just made me Mm -hmm. think too highly of myself. It's made me look down on others. It's made me be condescending to people and the way I interact with them, you know, that kind of thing. And I think, uh, you know, written word without spirit, you know, without the Holy Spirit, uh, the danger of that is that knowledge puffs up, right? And without the Spirit applying it to our hearts and, you know, him also saying his ways are not our ways, you know? So sometimes, you know, he might direct us to something um, that, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not wrong or anything like that, but it might not make a lot of sense to our mind, right? But still, God is still leading to do that. And that's usually very humbling for somebody who relies on a lot of their intellect or whatever, too. So, um so yeah, so it's really, really important um, to understand that um, God just hasn't given us a Bible. He's given us the Holy Spirit uh, to um, to kind of enliven that word uh, to us as we, you know, read it. And obviously you want to be in it every day. I'm not advocating it at all. Spirit over word, that's not uh, something you would want either. Um, but it's, uh, but, the, but working in tandem. Yeah. It's really an amazing, powerful thing. So, question. Just a little, like, aside here. Uh, without the Holy Spirit, with, like, would the would the Bible mean pretty much nothing to us? Could we really comprehend the concepts that are inside of it that, that God has written down in there without the Holy Spirit? Would any of that mean anything to us without the Holy Spirit? Well... That's a good question, because obviously we see lots of people who are not believers read the Bible and even become scholars of the Bible, academics of the Bible, right? They have PhDs in Bible and still don't um, believe in Christ. So certainly it would mean something. Um, but would it mean what God intends it to mean without the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Um, I think Jesus points that out to Nicodemus, who himself was a mm-hmm. scholar of the Bible, right? Of course, the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, uh, being a you know, teacher of the law. Um, he says, you know, unless you're born from above or born again, born from above is the more literal uh, 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 version on that. But uh, <laughs> so, you know, unless you are born from above, you know, you uh, you will not, you know, you won't see the kingdom of God, right? So. Is it isn't Nicodemus the one that said, "Can a man crawl back into his mother's womb?" Right. Yeah. Isn't he the one that says that? Yes, yeah. Yes, some yeah, intellectual. He yeah. was. No, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just. Right. I'm just being a jerk. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He, he was so bewildered by it. Right. And what? Why is that? Right. It's just. It's basically. But Jesus is pointing that out. Without the Spirit, you, uh, you cannot understand it as God wants it to be understood. Um, you must be born above to understand the kingdom of heaven and to receive it. I heard a pastor say one time that the, the, the Trinity, the, the whole, uh, 
set up, I guess, as you call yeah. it, how God set up his, his person and being as, you know, the three persons and one God can only be understood through divine revelation. And yeah. Oh, I, that's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 I, I have to say, I fully believe that because there was a time when the Trinity was explained to me back when I was like, you know, being uh, a student in a Catholic school and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like whatever, that makes no sense at all, but sure, like I'll give you the thumbs up. And then mm-hmm. when I actually became a Christian, it was, it was like, I get it now. Mm. I get it now. Mm-hmm. I understand it now. But I, I could not, I could not have possibly fathomed understanding it when I was yeah. not a Christian. Like I, yeah. And actually, I think what you're in a way describing is what the New Testament talks about, and particularly the John talks about as receiving. So it's not so much you couldn't understand that the Christian God is one God in three persons. Although, of course, that's how, I mean, like understanding it, quote, like how how you totally understand how one God three persons that is mysterious. But probably, uh, you know, what you're probably saying as well is I just I couldn't receive that. Like it just mm, like okay. it's not like your brain couldn't comprehend the idea, right? Like you you could regurgitate it back essentially. But now you you actually received it, and that is a knowledge of in itself, right? Like uh, to know that it's like oh yes, of course, um, when Jesus. Um, reveals the trinity to us right which right. uh you know that's you know but if you don't receive it it's it's easy to mock it it's easy to ignore it you know easy to think it's just some cultural oh that's a cultural oddity yeah christians have you know so yeah for sure but you know receiving it and uh yeah just hearing the word is, is a totally different thing 